Hey, this is Sarah from the podcast. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I'm going to suggest you go back and listen to that first before you move on to episode 36, which you'll hear next. We got to talk to Jamie Bilo and Jim Schrader, both pediatric psychologists in the Evansville area. And we broke up this podcast into two parts because we thought the information was really good and needed a little bit more time to breathe. So we're going to continue the conversation with Jamie and Jim here in episode 36. pivot to, uh, you know, when I see people get into anxiety, it's a lot of it's related to, you know, the, the pressure of parenting, but it's modern life itself. It's the speed. Right. Everybody comments, oh, I'm so stressed and I'm so, uh, busy. you know, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. busy. I, I've, I've eliminated that word, even saying the word <laughs> anymore, just because it helps me not think of myself as busy. I'm just right. like, ah, there's a few things going on, right. but that is kind of the tenor of it. We're, we're running at a faster pace than we ever have. And that is, uh, you really, really fanned into flame by the screening of modern life and, and the, right. the phone thing and that relates to relationships and stress. And it's all like this I cycle know. that we're all in. So give us some input on what's been, uh, what we do know about screens and, and uh, just modern life itself and maybe some help with, because they're not going away and I don't think they should, but they are here. And what do we do? So uh, first, I think I want to have a perspective for just parents and everyone listening out there. Very often we get focused on negative screen content, and that's appropriate. We should be talking about that or whatever. I just want to kind of provide more of a backdrop perspective, though, on what our teens and our youth are just experiencing, period. So here's the here's the kind of perspective. When I graduated high school, again, I must be 95, but, um, you know, there were no cell phones at that point where we were using the internet, anything like that, right? So we didn't have, we had busy lives, but we weren't interfacing at all with that content at that point. Today's teens... The average adolescent female is sending out 4,000, and it used to be texting, but they're not texting anymore. They're doing Instagram or, you know, Snapchat or whatever. Mm-hmm. 4,000 instant messages a month, the average teen a female. Month. A month, right? And that's, <laughs> that's general numbers. And when you start to look at it, if you take in multitasking, um, you know, to interface with two kind of domains at that point, our 8 to 18-year-olds on average are experiencing about 11 hours of media tech interface per day if I take in the multitasking that's going on. So what I think we have to first do is to step back and say, we have to understand what's being inflooded. I say inflooded, influx, whatever word I'm making up, um, <laughs> is that there is so much coming in. And what happens, I was on a panel um, at Evansville Christian a little ways back, and we had two high schoolers, and they were acknowledging, oh, I really appreciate their honesty, there's such a massive fear of the FOMO, yep. fear of missing out, right? right? Because if you miss out and you didn't get that text late, you know, or that Snapchat late at night, that might be the end of your social routine at that point. Um, but there's such a sense, they described a true separation anxiety from their device, so much so that I've seen teens who are afraid of going on a cruise because they may not have access to mm. that. So I think I think the first thing we have to think wow. about is true, very true story. Is that separation anxiety? When what is it is, an addiction? Well, no, that's right? and that's what yeah. we can the get urge, into. The withdrawal, yeah, the, the yeah. You won't go on a know, cruise. Building a tolerance. Now we've hit yeah. a crisis moment. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a pretty crisis moment, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no, and Jamie, that's exactly right. And the, and the scary thing I think from us from an addiction standpoint is that the newest science on addiction, looking at behavioral addiction and substance addiction from a neurological, from a brain standpoint, is showing very similar things. Mm-hmm. The reward you get right? From clicking in, you know, your internet right. phone or whatever, the way the brain processes it is very similar to the reward you might get from an illicit substance. Mm. And so that is, I, I mean, it's a scary thing. If we think about it, um, are we creating a world of a thousand addictions here? And wow. are the addictions taking us away from the life that we truly desire because we have 
again, back to intentionality, we're kind of gradually allowing our free will. If we've got this much free will, you know, get see it. Are we gradually allowing it to be taken over by things that has become so habitual? What it's, a great question. I love that. It's, it's, we need to explore well, and, that and more, if yeah. you look at the statistics, even for adults, on how many times a year, and this can go all over the place, how many times a year does an average adult check their phone? It, a year? A year? A year? I mean, what do you think? I don't even it's, know. It's insanity. It'd be it's hard to guess the day. Yeah, yeah right. But, but I was doing a talk yesterday at a business here locally, and I put up um, a slide that I use often, and I said, you know, we often say time is what we have the least of, but William Penn would, would say we use it the poorly, most poorly, right? And so the statistic was if the average life expectancy is 70 to 82 years, how much screen time are we giving away or using, maybe not giving away, but using in our life? It really comes down to about, I mean, depending on what statistics you look at, 13 to 15 years of our life will be sent, my spent, goodness. connected to some Thir- mechanic. 13 to 15 that. years. I feel yeah. that. In my, and if I get you know, adequate sleep, that is my life. That yeah, is exactly. I'm done. I'm done. That's, that's, right. sleep that's what I sleep did. Phone. Put that on my gravestone. Great. <laughs> and I'm going to eat while <laughs> I'm doing it. What an achievement. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So the perspective stressful. is just that before we get into anything illicit, I think all of us as, you know, whether you're a parent or you're a pastor, whether you're professional, we need to step back and consider the input output of what's going on mm-hmm. because it's, it can be very overwhelming. And I'm going to throw something out and your, your listeners may think he's crazy, but Jamie knows this. I'm the one, uh, one of 2% in my age group that doesn't have a mobile device. I don't have a cell phone. He at does all. all this without a cell phone, you guys. And it's, it's very purposeful. I know. Don't <laughs> worry. No, and, and Jamie, right. over the years of knowing so Jamie, cool. she's like, she makes her nervous. She's doing something on her cell phone around yeah. me. She's like worried that I'm judging her. I'm not judging anyone that has them. <laughs> Hide the phone. Hide Jim's the phone. Here. But I, but I, when people ask about it, I just said, it's a really intentional choice. And there's mm-hmm. an article on my website that says, my apologies for being in the dark ages, but, and I go on to describe why I'm doing that. And in the end of the day, for me, the psychological space is a real key. So I would argue that I have probably never been more efficient than I am today, partly because I'm forced to be, but partly because of the intentionality I take towards things. And so I would argue, what if you could get everything you needed to get done in seven hours instead of nine hours? Mm. How would that alter your day, right? Right. You would think that sounds really nice. But, but in order to do that, what you might have to do is you might have to pull back on some of the things that you've just kind of adopted as part of your daily life. So cognitive efficiency, psychological efficiency is, I think something is probably the, one of the least regarded things in the world, but the most important things in the world. What I mean by that is my ability to think clearly, to discern in a way that is really, really on target with everything that's going on. And to do that comfortably throughout the day is, uh, it's a it's billion dollars. I mean, there's nothing you could put a price on it. And so when I'm walking across the parking lot, one of the things I love about not having the phone is nobody can reach me. Mm-hmm. So I've got two minutes there and I'm in my own space and you can't get, you can't get a hold of me. And my kid, here's what happens though. I will go into these, this is, it sounds hilarious, but it's very true. I go in to do these talks for eighth graders at like St. Vincent's every year, the medical, you know, medical group. And I'll tell them this. And I, you should see the shock on their face. They look at me and they start having nervous reactions. And I had series yeah, of kids. Where's it going with this? <laughs> right. Firing up their hands. And one girl said, how do you get your kids to soccer practice? It's like, well, I drive them. I mean, they can't. And they started asking right. random questions, but but I, they can't conceive of a life yeah. without it. Sure. So. That was something I was thinking about is you guys are working with younger generations. And obviously this is something that 
it's just normal for them. They grow up, they have it, they see it. Like we were talking, it's a joke, you know, in a sense, but I'm sure you guys have had this happen where you see a kid walk up to a TV and they try to touch it. Mm -hmm. Like they think everything is a touch screen right. or a screen that right. like for us, it's still something that I think like Brett talks about this in his message of, you know, he remembers a time when you had to ask for directions and now you just use your phone or something like that. But for them, this is just normal. How is that different? Like, um, obviously we're, we're still going to get information in the next, you know, so many years. Like what, I don't know, for that generation, it's going to be very different than it is even for ours. Yeah. It's a, how I like it? to think that everything swings on a pendulum, right? Yeah. And so now we're, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to swing the other way, right? right. Like, like there's going to be insight into it. We've got, I mean, there's the NIH is funding study after study on the effects. I got to mm. believe it's going to come back. Like yeah, in the yeah. in the sense of like you think people will be like I'm gonna use less and less mm -hmm. and less because it yeah. caused this. Yep. I like, I, like, I like your optimism. I am never the optimist in, no, a, this in is, a room. This is so really this good. Is new for me. Well, yeah, I, and so there there is the option of which would be it would, it would be a difficult sell because they're here and and I do sure. talk in the message about uh, one guy wrote an article that said there's 50 different items that are replaced by your phone. I mean, so I'm kind mm -hmm. of pro phone person because I don't miss the days at all when I had to ask for directions because mm -hmm. they're hard to do, uh, but so they're they're here to stay in some in that right, sense. Right, right. So they're not going anywhere. No. What's no. the? Oh, it's there. I can view it as a positive. What would be? I can either go absolutely cold turkey, living sure. the way Jim does, which you know he's he's the best advertisement for why you should do that. Right, exactly. I admit that. It's I not like things that. are going bad. For but him. on the other hand, <laughs> is there a moderating place or some things that I can do within my life and I can help my kids do that really do lead to that? Well, Jim, when you're working efficiency. with families, yep. This is on my mind too. Like when when I'm working with families, I usually go with an add in rather than take away mentality because I'm trying to get them to have a good relationship. So the right, last right. thing I want them to do is bring them to me, and then the the first thing the child remembers about coming to therapy is that that was the day mom and dad took my tech away. Oh. Right. Mm -hmm. exactly. Well, now we yeah. don't have a good relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but so like let's add in the things that you talk mm -hmm. about in your articles that are missing. So I'll say before we touch your screen time. Um, Let's add in, just try and get your kid to sleep 30 more minutes because there's been studies where they tried to increase children's sleep by an hour, but they weren't able to do it. And all they got was 30 minutes. And guess what they found? There were still improvements right. in okay. attention yeah. and, you know, less hyperactive behavior. So let's add in 30 minutes of sleep. Let's add in uh, 60 minutes of outside time. Let's add in, you know, whatever it is, right. creative play, unstructured playtime, which is like a unheard of thing now like every every activity we put our kids in has an adult telling them what to do and there if they mess up and you know so like let's right. add in okay. just like mm -hmm. unstructured play where they make mistakes and then they fix it and they tolerate distress and that will help their anxiety too mm -hmm. um but so let's add in rather than just one hour of screen time so I don't know if that's how you approach it. I do. I approach it. I mean, anything you take away, you have to consider what are we going to fill it with to right, some extent, right? Replacement, right? replacement. You know, our kids, like I mentioned this weekend, we're going to Red River Gorge for a backpacking trip. Mm -hmm. um, it could be a wet one. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. But um, so what we would like to say is that we add in a lot of other experiences, we hope, um, that would create a sense of, you know what? I can do this life. And I can not only do this life, I can love this life, mm -hmm. right? Because I think what happens with these teens is though, although they know that they are kind of like tethered to their phone, 
they really can't imagine a different life. And that's what makes me a little sad to be very frank. When I have these like eighth graders raising hands, like they can't figure out how I can get my kids to soccer practice. We didn't have a, we didn't have, we had one car for 10 years with all of our kids. And we figured out I'd bike to work and do all sorts of things in that way. And I loved it. Not because it wasn't a a little bit of a puzzle to put together, but you know what? The, the more you enjoy the puzzle, mm. the more life just becomes really, really precious, like in a way that it's hard to describe, right? And so finding the, figuring out how I was going to catch the bus that morning, I know this sounds very dorkish to your listeners, but like <laughs> just the little logistics of the day, I, lo- I really t- grew to appreciate them a lot. And so that teen years with just one car and having to figure out how we're going to navigate that um, was such a beautiful just time there. And, you know, and so I think that we, if we don't create beauty, in the way that we're changed, we're hoping to change lives. We're never going to get there. I'm convinced that you know, if you try to take things away and you don't put something and you find something that creates beauty and positivity, then those changes, if they happen, are going to very be very short term and unsustained. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that we're building in this life um, that when you've been to experience it, like C.S. Lewis, I think was really calling us to experience it. You know what? I I tell people about the the issue of not having a phone. There is about two percent of the time I wish I had a phone, and it's usually when I'm lost in the city away from home. And but beyond that, I really love that I don't need it. Is there, uh, now let me ask you this: uh, Was there an era when you did and you went to not, or you just never did jump? No, on my wife and I were dating in college. Um, <laughs> I mooched off someone else's phone, and I had like a ten dollar phone, so I get free long distance. Um, <laughs> But what, what's, it's, again, there's a lot of, what's long right, distance. Right, okay, yeah, I don't know, what yeah, is that? What is that thing? <laughs> but, but once we got married and, um, you know, it's 19 years this year, um, we just made that intentional effort. And so not only do I not have a phone, I mean, she's got a cell phone that we can't find most of the time. And, um, <laughs> right. you know, we don't have, a, we don't have cable, a lot of those things. And I realized that, you know, what I've, what I've done when I when we speak to people is I know everyone's going to have to make their own choices, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's right. great. But I often tier recommendations based on what I think is maybe most scientifically supported or what might, you know, be in different ways. But ultimately it does come back to that intentionality. And, and one of my biggest fears is that we are gradually seeding our free will and our intentionality to all of the mechanisms and all of the things around us. And in doing so, we find ourselves locked into an existence that we're just not really happy mm. with. Yeah, and that will sell. If you start talking to people, do you realize you're forfeiting your free will? I, uh, that will sell, I've been doing because, a especially seri- as Americans, like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I've been doing a series on the National Catholic Register about this very topic because I argue that, that free will is the cornerstone of God's design when we look at all the theology and science behind it. And there's been a series I'm calling the free will discourse. And it's the sense about like, how important is this free will? And what do you do with it, right? And when you start to cede it to other things, you can do that. But I think you might be disappointed. So yeah. you are ceding your free will. Are you ceding your free iPhone. will? Hey, that, that's that'll it's show up in a sermon. <laughs> I think it will. I feel free to steal. I was, feel free to steal. Yeah, I will. You may hear that again. Uh, I probably just have time here, maybe for one more question. And, and as you were talking about some of these things, is um, you know thinking of what people would do. Like, how do they kind of mm-hmm. get out of this? screen addiction or screen just you know urgency and I, I think a lot of times people's first reaction would be like oh I'm just going to get rid of my tv or I'm going to get rid of my phone right. go and, drastic and go drastic. that's probably not going to actually help them in that situation because they'll you know most well it's of them like go back setting it, right? the new year's resolution yeah. right. too high right yeah. too hard too fast yeah, right? yeah. yeah. but I loved it. the line it was worth the admission price of of that uh, if we 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 seek beauty we seek 
if we don't place beauty in these places, mm-hmm. right. then we're, we're, uh, it's kind of an exercise of utility. Yeah. And so uh, I love that as a principle. You know, you're seeding your free will, but also think of what's the beauty you're going for. Oh, and right. then create, you're creating space for that thing. I, I, will, I will end with a story if you're fine on my end. Um, it was three years ago, my brother and I, brothers and I do some backpacking trips through some of the most isolated areas in the country. We love to go to like national parks or whatever. And um, we were up in North Cades, Cascades National Park, about 10 miles from the Canadian border. Beautiful place, most glaciated place in the country outside of Alaska. Mm. And so day three, we set out for about 17 miles that day and... I went ahead of the group and then realized it was kind of a one-way trail and I was just going to keep walking, you know, and I, I knew they were behind me. And so for about six and a half hours, I saw no one. I saw a bear, but I saw no one. And I tell people about this. I can't, I'm not going to articulate it well, mm. but I can only tell you that the oneness I experienced, the sense of absolute love and attachment to, I would say God, but to my world around me, and my sense of just utter peace, even when people might thought I was the most alone, was the beauty that I'm describing when we use what we have intelligently, but we don't allow it to take over. Because that sense of oneness and peace with yourself, whether it's two minutes walking across the parking lot or six and a half hours in the middle of North Cascades National Park, is something that I, I worry our teens are giving away. And they're relegating their, their, their love and their beauty and their happiness to things that are outside and not the sense of where God and our um, God creates. And it just, it, it forever lives with me in that way. Yeah. Use what you have intelligently, but Use do you, not let it Never take let over. it take over. Mm-hmm. Never. That's excellent. Guys, this has been really, really terrific. This is fun to just um, even have these discussions, talk about it, hear some, I mean, I'm sure we just hit a very small portion of mm-hmm. all this stuff that Absolutely. you guys get to deal with and talked about all the time and research and um, just a couple resources to, to share with people. And I'll put links to these in the descriptions um, of the podcast as well. But obviously um, your website with a lot of, of different articles and yeah. information on there. Yep. Um, and then Jamie, is any resources you would uh, recommend send people to? I know we talked about a couple of them and I'll make sure I add them in as well. Um, yeah, so... St. Vincent Center for Children has a resource center. So if you do feel like you're at the point where um, you might be dealing with an anxiety disorder in your child, um, it does take a pediatrician's referral, but we have nurses there to kind of triage, check your insurance, and if the wait is too long with us, they'll find a place for you. So that's um, the, the resource center at St. Vincent. Awesome. Terrific. Um, thank you guys so much again. This has been great. Thanks. Thank you. Yes. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Brett, anything to kind of close? Anything coming up soon here? Well, first, this gets to the heart of what we were really after. Uh, having been a preacher now for about 87 years, mm. I, I've, I've recognized its positives and its limits. And, um, and what we're hoping through the series is to expose people to there is hope. What I love about as we... I know people stress out and I know people feel almost captured in this mm-hmm. modern world and uh, you've given, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And, and there are steps out and it's about being intentional and we've given you resources to go for that. And so don't think of it as just kind of a Sunday to Sunday thing. Think this is a life thing and evaluate because I think there's been some gold on this, which I'm really proud of, but we are going to be talking about addictions coming up. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about stress later, but a lot of it is just, Hey, you know, don't, don't allow life to do that to you. You know, right. don't let right. it, you know, miss, miss out on beauty and all the rest. So thanks very much for you yeah. guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the One Life Church Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and subscribe. That way you'll get an alert anytime there's a new episode. If there was something that you heard that you really want other people to know, share it out on social media. You can use the hashtag OLPodcast. 
to ask us a question here at the podcast, you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sarah Inman, and I produced this episode. Our music is produced by Micah Robertson and Ben Brock.